From pediatrics to geriatrics, Maine Medical Center is centered around you. Welcome to MMC Radio, your trusted source for healthcare news and tips. Here's Melanie Cole. Epilepsy affects over 3 million Americans of all ages more than multiple sclerosis, cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy, and Parkinson's disease combined. My guest today is Dr. Megan Salvatelli. She's a board-certified neurologist at Maine Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Salvatelli. Tell us what is epilepsy, and can it occur at any age? Is it mostly children? Yes, good, good afternoon. Um, I'm happy to be here. Uh, epilepsy is a condition that's caused by abnormal electrical activity within the brain. And generally speaking, a seizure occurs and lasts typically less than five minutes. And the symptoms of the seizure are based on which region of the brain is stimulated during the seizure. So people can have symptoms related to visual changes because it's the region of the brain that's causing interpretation of visual images or it can cause a feeling of deja vu because it can be activating the memory centers. With regards to when epilepsy can occur, it can occur at any time during a person's lifetime. There are typically two peaks during which seizures occur, and those um, are in childhood and, again, sort of after 65 years of age. And there's different reasons for that. Typically, seizures are arising from the surface of the brain or the cortex, um, and there can be injuries that are specific to each time period. So, for example, in childhood, the seizures are more commonly due to injuries while in utero or with birth um, or because of developmental problems that the children have or for genetic reasons, whereas in adults, it's more common for the seizures to occur because there is a stroke or a brain tumor that's irritating the surface of the brain. And how is it diagnosed, Dr. Salvatelli? Well, there's a number of different ways that we diagnose seizures and epilepsy. And the first, of course, is a neurologic examination and history. So we really try to get a good history from the patient or from the observers of the seizure because people frequently lose consciousness during their seizures. So we'll try and get as much detail about what happened during the seizure. And then we'll do a neurologic exam to see if there's any any findings on the exam to say that there's some differences one one side of the body to the other. And then we also do common tests, our imaging of the brain, either a head CT or brain MRI, again, to look for any of these changes along the surface of the brain that might be a region that seizures arise from. And we'll do uh, EEG or electroencephalogram. And that is what we call a functional test, so we can see what the brainwave activity is like, much like a EKG can tell us what the heart rhythm is like. So then if somebody is diagnosed, they've had some seizures, they've come to see you, you've diagnosed them with epilepsy, what are the standard current treatments? Well, for the majority of patients, the first option that we talk about is anticonvulsant medications. And there are currently about 20 medications that are on the market. Um, and we generally, they have fairly similar efficacy amongst the different medications. Um, there are a few that are specific for a particular type of seizure or epilepsy. So there, there are a few that are more specific for treating focal seizures and a few that are more specific for, co- for treating generalized seizures. But really the reasons that we choose one anticonvulsant medication over another is based on 
frequently people have to take it, what are the potential side effects. A number of the seizure medicines can treat other conditions. So an example is topiramate or um, valproic acid can both treat migraines as well as seizures. Um, and then there's a number of other treatment options beyond medications, although for the majority of patients with epilepsy, about 50 to 70% will have control of their seizures with either the first or the second anticonvulsant, which is why it's generally considered first line. There are some things that patients can do as well that can help minimize their risk for seizures, and those are things like making sure they have regular sleep patterns and that they minimize stress and that they minimize alcohol intake. And they also want to avoid certain medicines that can provoke seizures. And then there are a few other treatments that we generally reserve for people who aren't controlled with the first or the second seizure medicine. And those are things like epilepsy surgery, um, where we potentially identify where the seizures arise, arise from in a particular region of the brain and take that region out. Or we consider treatment with something called a vagal nerve simulator or the newest device that came out about a year ago called NeuroPace. And the vagal nerve simulator is an electrical device that's implanted in the chest and gives stimulation to the vagus nerve and controls seizures that way. And the NeuroPace is actually an electrical stimulator that's implanted in the skull with electrodes that go to the two regions where seizures seem to arise from in the brain. And what's interesting about that is that it can not only detect seizures but also um, give the electrical stimulation to abort them, much like a cardiac defibrillator. So those are the most Doc, common treatments. And if, no, no, that's okay. If, if the anticonvulsant medications don't work and you've mentioned some other types of treatments, tell us about your specialized epilepsy center at Maine Medical Center. Sure. So generally speaking, again, most patients are capable of having fairly good control of their seizures within the first or the second anticonvulsant medications, but up to 30% of patients who have epilepsy have what we consider medically refractory seizures. So these are seizures that persist despite having a trial of adequate dosages of numerous medicines. And in those patients, it's really helpful to come to a comprehensive epilepsy center because not only we're able to offer treatments such as epilepsy surgery or the vagal nerve stimulator that other um, facilities don't have the capacity to offer, but we also try to look at the whole picture for these patients. So not only how can we treat their epilepsy, but how does their epilepsy affect them? So things like like driving, things like um, whether there's comorbidities like anxiety and depression that are frequently um, present in these patients as well. And just, you know, how does it affect their living, their working, their everyday life? So tell us about living and working in everyday life and managing your life with epilepsy, driving, you mentioned, caring for youngsters. You know, should you be worried about seizures? Do you trust your medications? What is the driving situation and those kinds of things? Well, the driving situation is a very uh, state-specific answer. And every state is, has its own jurisdiction in terms of when patients are capable of driving after they've had a seizure. So if someone has been having a long-standing history of epilepsy and has a breakthrough seizure, generally speaking, they're asked to refrain from driving for three months while their medications are adjusted. And if someone's newly diagnosed and chooses not to go on medicine um, or chooses not to have treatment, then they're asked to refrain from driving for up to six months. And this is all respective to 
Maine state law. Uh, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts all have their own different time frames for that. And if you have young children and you've been diagnosed with epilepsy, is this how do you work with people on managing those kinds of day-to-day lives without being afraid that something's going to happen while they're, for example, caring for their youngster? Well, this is a really difficult question. Um, one of the things that we particularly are interested in and specialize in at the epilepsy center is patients who are pregnant and are having children, and there's a particular concern not only um, for the questions you asked, but also because the medicines do have a higher risk of having a child with birth defects. So we have long conversations with most of our women who are, are potentially of childbearing age to discuss these issues. So with respect to caring for youngsters, when the children are first born, we often that there are rolling bassinets that the babies can be put in so that if the mother has a seizure that they don't drop the baby, um, that there's people around th- throughout much of the day so that they can have extra care um, if they were to have a seizure to be looked after themselves and also during the time period where they're recovering from it. But generally speaking, what we really want to do for our patients is get the seizures under the best control possible, minimize any side effects from treatment, and really allow them to, to live the life that they want to lead. So in just the last minute, please tell us why they should listeners should come to Maine Medical Center and the Epilepsy Center. Well, I, I think what we have to offer here is we have um, three wonderful physicians who have particular training in epilepsy who are looking not only at all the different treatment options that we have available, including the medications, the different surgical options. We also have a really sort of multidisciplinary approach for these patients. So we do have um, our nursing staff and our medical assistants who can answer questions regarding side effects and um, how they need to adjust their medications. We have a nurse practitioner who's able to meet with patients and talk about a lot of these different social difficulties that need to be addressed. And we also just have great facilities. So we have an epilepsy monitoring unit uh, within the hospital to evaluate patients for possible surgery or assist with medication changes. And, of course, for the last year, we've also had uh, an epilepsy surgeon who's able to help us with the surgeries as well. And where can listeners get more information about epilepsy? So a wonderful um, contact is through the Epilepsy Foundation of New England. Um, we, there is a website called epilepsynewengland.org. They do some wonderful things throughout the year, including uh, an epilepsy walk in the springtime. There is an epilepsy fundraiser in November of each year. Um, and we also have generally an epilepsy talk once a year uh, in the community so that patients and their family members can come and learn more. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan Salvatelli. For more information, you can go to mainmedicalcenter.org. That's mainmedicalcenter.org, mmc.org. You're listening to MMC Radio. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.